The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today's episode was inspired by a blog post that found its way into my email inbox around spiritual eating and and how to eat to fuel your spiritual awakening. And you guys know that we have talked very little, but we've talked a little bit on the show about intuitive eating. We had a wonderful guest a while back who was an intuitive eating specialist. And we don't really talk very much about diet and exercise on the show because it's my belief, and this was also echoed by the guest that we had on earlier, it's my belief that there's so much misinformation out there around diet and exercise, and there's so much body shaming and just people being uncomfortable and so much dogma around this issue that a lot of times talking about it is kind of like, you know, poking at a hornet's nest. And you never want to poke at a hornet's nest, right? But then I was thinking about it a little bit more and, you know, there is all this information out there. And so I decided it might be a really fun thing to tune into the guides and just explore a little bit from that fully intuitive perspective, that relationship between what we put in our body and and how we treat and care for our body and our own spiritual and while we're at it, a human experience. So that's going to be our topic today. So if you spend a lot of time in the regular world, right, where we have all sorts of messaging around diet, around exercise, about what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat, like that you're good or bad, depending on what food you eat, your diet, your cheat foods, your comfort foods, your, oh my God, even talking about it throws my energy off just a little bit. Can you hear that? I want to take a breath. Right. And we have an association in our culture too, right? Thin is good. Anything straying from a very, very, very sometimes overly slender body is not so good. And so many of us have internalized messages that tell us that our form as it is is not okay. 
So number one, the purpose of the episode today is to not to reinforce these beliefs about ourselves because you, my friend, are beautiful. You are perfect. You are a unique emanation of the one divine force. I'm going to say that again. You are a beautiful emanation of the one divine source. And your body, your human container, no matter what size or shape or fitness level it is in, is the perfect container for you to be having that experience right now. And yet, if you spend time in certain spiritual arenas, we can learn things and and hear things about what we should eat, what we shouldn't eat, how we should treat ourselves. And so again, it can get a little bit confusing. It can get even a little triggering because again, so many of us have this conditioning that tells us that as we are in the present moment is not good enough, is not right. We should be ashamed of it. And so when these ideas get intertwined with either spiritual or non-spiritual ideas about diet and exercise, we're in trouble right? It does not take us to a better place. However, I also think there's a sense in which we all know the foods that intuitively resonate with us, just like we kind of know everything intuitively. And so when we can go back to that idea of intuitive eating, intuitive living, right? Everything is amazing. There's also a lot of teachings about foods from a spiritual perspective, right? A lot of people say some foods have a higher vibration than other foods, right? Have you heard that one? So oftentimes raw foods are considered to have a higher vibration than cooked foods. Whole foods have a higher vibration than processed foods. Plant foods have a higher vibration than animal products, right? Things like that. And so some people think, wow, I can just skip my way right to awakening by just eating the right stuff. So you may wonder if I agree with that. And the answer is mostly no. I do believe that there are foods that have a higher resonance and that sometimes in the right circumstances surrounding ourselves, filling ourselves with those nourishing things can be amazing for our bodies, for our psyches, and for our vibration. So I believe that 1000%. I think it becomes a slippery slope right when the mind comes in and tells us this is good, this is bad. And if you're doing the wrong thing, right, you should be ashamed or I'm better than you because like I'm eating this and you're eating that. And I also think a lot of these teachings don't necessarily understand the broader context of life, right? There are times when my guides will literally tell someone, go eat some cotton candy. Now, what is cotton candy? It's sugar. It's spun sugar. And and usually I've actually had really good maple syrup cotton candy. That is like the bomb. Um, But most cotton candy, right, is refined sugar and artificial color, right? So not what we would call a high vibing food. However, there are times when the guides will say that is exactly what your soul, what your body needs right now right? Because maybe it's reconnecting you to a childhood experience that brought you joy, that brought you magic, that brought you that sense of expansiveness or a sense of being loved, right? Or maybe there's something about the color that really resonates with you. Or maybe the guys are just trying to get you to go to the circus because, you know, that would help too. I don't know. But the reason I bring this up is because I truly believe that every experience and every food, right? It's the same thing. Everything in this world serves a divine purpose. And though there are certain things that we won't, you know, in our highest vibe, find ourselves attracted to, 
Most of you are probably not super attracted to murdering other people, right? That's probably something that your soul will not resonate with, please, you know, I hope. And everything in between, you know, that's a lot of ways is rock bottom. But everything in life serves a purpose. All foods serve a purpose. And so we want to be really careful when we're talking about something like high vibe and low vibing foods that we're not just sticking another category in something that feeds our ego and our egoic idea of what's good, what's bad, rather than feeding our soul, right? Because don't you want to do that? And I think our bodies, while we may naturally resonate towards certain things, and certain things as you really tune in may actually feel better in your body, it's important to make that an intuitive choice and not a mind-based one. And much of the information that we have and that we get is a mind-based one, and it's based on fear, shame, and scarcity, right? And it's based on this idea that you are not good enough if you do not look a certain way or eat certain foods or exercise a certain way or whatever the particular dogma that you have inherited. And in our society here in the United States and a lot of Western societies, of course, thin is in. But there are other cultures you know, now and throughout time where – being curvy was the way to be, right? So it's it's not about that. But what it is about is really tuning into self-love for yourself, for your physical vessel, which is here to support you in your journey. And I promise you, even when you are bemoaning its shape, form, or size, it's the perfect vessel for what you're here to do. Always. Does this mean if you are 100 pounds over the weight that your doctor says your body should be and you have pain in your knees and difficulty breathing and you feel like you would like to embark on changing your relationship with your body the way that you care for it so that you can feel better in it and you can have it feel stronger right, and more agile? And where you can move in your body with less weight and less physical pain that you should say, no, 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 I'm not going to do anything. Mm -mm. One of my favorite teachers, Carl Rogers, would say, and you've probably heard me quote him before on this show, the paradoxical thing about change is it often works best when we accept ourselves first, right? And that, by the way, was not a direct quote, but I got the gist. And so loving and accepting ourselves is really the stepping off point for all change. And if you say, I'll love myself when I lose that 100 pounds, and I'm just a big fat tub of lard until I do, and I don't deserve my own love, you see, that's the problem. It's not what you eat. It's not how much you exercise. It's the judgments that you have about yourself and the diet that your mind is feeding you. So I want to give everyone a minute to take that in. My guides are very clear that we could all pretty much eat anything if we were doing it from a place of self-love, okay? And that most illness in the body is caused from confusions and beliefs about how bodies work for sure, but also from places where we have stepped into, I want to get this from the guides, from our own limited beliefs of what's possible and our own limited perception of our own lovability. And where we don't feel lovable in any way, shape, or form is opening for where physical illness can eventually occur. So again, I want you to take that in. So for some people, if that loving choice is eating 
a dozen donuts. It usually isn't, but it can be. Sometimes it is. There are times when it is. It's not going to matter to your health, right? What really matters is how we learn to treat ourselves with love, kindness, and respect, no matter what. And everything else, my friends, is the icing on the cake. Now, I hear some of you saying, look, I choose to feed myself foods that I believe feel good. Maybe even you might think, quote unquote, healthy foods, or you might actually be at that place where you know that some foods make your body feel so remarkable. They taste good. They feel good. They feel expansive when they go into your body. And that is a really wonderful thing. And so when I work with people around eating body image and dieting issues, I always say it's more about feeding yourself what feels really good than limiting stuff or judging yourself or labeling your foods. If you can start to bring in more foods that really resonate, that's the way to go. And some of us just will do that naturally. As you raise your vibration and as you start to love yourself more, you'll naturally be drawn towards things that fill your plate with love right? Whatever that means. And oftentimes too, you'll find that certain things that used to taste good or feel good in your body just don't anymore because they just don't have a super high resonance. A lot of processed food, for example, can be really difficult on the body, right? It is not created with love. Sometimes I've seen that our bodies don't even like really recognize it as food if it's highly processed. And oftentimes the ingredients, the people that prepare it, right? It's a factory versus like a human person. And so all of that energy does go into your food. Does this mean you should never eat a potato chip? No. I love potato chips. And I've <laughs> I've probably been quoted in saying, I believe potatoes are foods of the God and there's no way to make a bad potato. And I will stand by that, particularly French fries, right? That's just my happy place. But I also recognize that some preparation, some things, you know, are more for regular consumption. Other things my body is sometimes like, meh. So I feel into it. So I notice it. I don't give myself labels. I don't say I should have this or I shouldn't have that. Or at least I try not to. But I do recognize that sometimes a baked potato with olive oil feels better in my body than fast food french fries. And that's okay. I feel into it. So the energy of the food that we eat, how it's prepared, who prepares it, where it comes from, if it's an animal food, how the animal was cared for, was it honored in its passing, all of these things can absolutely affect your body. And really everything in life can affect your body, by the way. And if you're a highly sensitive soul like I am, you will sometimes feel these things a little bit more than a less sensitive soul. Guys are also reminding me sometimes what happens is people that eat a lot of processed foods, they do it actually to kind of buffer themselves from the energy of the food. Meaning it's so overwhelming for them to eat because they are so sensitive that they may sometimes overeat in order to not really taste the food and to almost like buffer themselves, if that makes sense. So sometimes highly empathic people do this too. It's just a way of just almost like numbing down so that you don't feel overwhelmed by the world. If this feels like you, I'll say a couple of things. Number one, don't judge yourself, right? It's a it's a defense mechanism, but it's also probably been very helpful for you. And I know for me, for example, 
I'm a very super taster. And so when the whole like eat your food mindfully thing came out, it was really interesting for me to slow down and because I'm a very fast eater, I got to say, and I'm working on that because my digestion is not a fan. But to slow down and really taste my food, I realized there were certain foods that I thought I liked. But if I slowed down and tasted them, I didn't like them at all. I feel that way about red meat. Sometimes my body craves it and I will still eat it. But if I slow down and really taste it, I don't want very much. Again, no judgment on the red meat. Just noticing that sometimes what we think tastes good when we really tune into it doesn't taste good at all. I have that same relationship now with sugar. I am someone who cannot eat a lot of processed sugar. It just doesn't agree with my body. Um, occasionally I will have something because, you know, I'm a human being and sometimes things look really good, but I usually don't feel well if I eat more than just a little bit. But sometimes I will be able to be just fine eating something with sugar in it. And I'll know that and I will keep eating it and I will enjoy a certain amount of it and I will be fine. And other times if I really tune in and taste, I can't even finish the bite. And so again, It's that deeper level of really tuning into our food, really tuning into our bodies and recognizing to friends that intuitive eating is always about what resonates in the moment. And again, if you have a peanut allergy, I'm not saying, you know, just feel into whether you can have peanuts today. You may not do that. I did not tell you to do that. And I am not giving you such dietary advice. You talk to your doctor about that. Thank you very much. But for other things, right? Sometimes, you know, for me, it's a day where something like bread or sugar is is really fine. And there are other days when that doesn't resonate with my body at all. So I feel into it. Some days, like today, I'm totally craving chickpeas. Other days, my body is not a fan. I feel into it. And I'm learning as I go along, as I deepen my relationship with the food that goes into my body as I allow myself more and more to eat intuitively rather than from my mind-based shoulds. It is amazing what happens. And the guides are also telling me, and believe me, I'm going to fold this page over (laughs) for later on for my life. They're saying, Victoria, when you eat from a place of self-love, that's the ticket. When you look at eating as a loving gesture towards yourself and your physical container, that's where everything changes. When you look at foods as something you have to do or something you shouldn't do or something you're not sure if you want to do or all of the above, that's when the stomach and the body gets a little bit funky. You got that? Because some of you might have that feeling as well. So for me, I really think intuitive eating is about letting go of the shoulds tuning into the heart and learning to experience our dietary choices and and really everything else. This can apply to exercise. It applies to everything from that place of self-love. And of course, you can pay attention to the dietary trends of the day. And some of them have been really consistent over time. But remember, some are really, really, really trendy. Those of you who grew up with me in the 80s know that there was a period of time when, you know, eating licorice was considered great because it was low fat, okay? And I love licorice. I'm not putting that that down, but I ate a lot of it in the 80s. Ah, and some people ate a lot of snack wells, but that wasn't my thing. And so now we say, oh my God, no carbs, no sugar, you know, let's beef up on the protein. Again, sometimes my body wants protein and sometimes she does not. And what I'm learning is I honor her first and foremost 
And I ask every time I sit down at that table, okay, I don't, but I'm gonna starting today. (laughs) I ask every time I sit down at that table, please show me the most loving way to feed myself. Show me, guide me towards the path of self-love through this experience. And I really, truly invite you all to get in the habit of doing that. It'll be transformative. Now, some of you are asking me, all right, so what if they're serving the chocolate cake and I want the chocolate cake, but my body is like not into that chocolate cake at all? What do I do then? What I would say in those situations is feel into it a little bit deeper, right? Why do I want the chocolate cake? And and why is not even the right answer because why gets us into our mind? So let's drop that, but feel into it. You might want to, okay, wait, I'm going to stop. The guides are saying, look, if you want to eat the chocolate cake, eat the chocolate cake because we don't ever want to set up that sort of scarcity restriction, it's all good. But if you want to go to this deeper level of discernment, and I wouldn't do this every time you put something in your mouth because you'll go insane. But if you're wondering like, you know, why do I always crave this thing that doesn't feel good? Right? Or, well, that's actually a good one right there. Why do I crave this thing that doesn't feel good in my body once I have it? First of all, recognize that it feels good to a part of you or you wouldn't be doing it. So you can spend a little time chatting with the part of you that it does feel good to, right? Maybe chocolate cake reminds you of your grandma, or maybe it reminds you of all those birthday parties, or maybe it reminds you of all those times that you were just so down in the dumps and you went to, I'm thinking Saunders because that was a brand that was big in Detroit where I grew up, but you might be thinking Entenmann's or whatever, (laughs) Costco boxed cake. And I got one of those cakes and I ate the whole damn thing and I felt free, right? I felt like, damn it, you know, nothing can separate me from this cake and I feel free and good that I'm able to feed myself and, you know, forget him. Like, you know, he can't limit me. Right? In a way, that cake was a loving choice. You might not have felt great afterwards. And if you do that for the next, you know, 10 days, you might not feel really great at all. But there's a part of that choice that's a loving choice. So start by finding that. Where's the loving choice in this? And then how can I honor that? It doesn't necessarily mean you have to continue to do something that doesn't feel good. But if you find the loving choice and you honor it, you can build from there. Right? You can build from there and you can start to think, okay, the loving choice was me saying, I want to be able to have whatever I want. I don't want to be limited by other people, by my grandma's diet culture and my mom saying, you know, you're a bad girl if you want a piece of sweets. And so I ate the whole cake and I want to eat the whole cake again. You feel into it. Now you don't stop there, right? You find the love you release what's not loving. And then you ask that question again, do I still feel like this cake? And you might. And then you can mindfully take a bite of that cake. Feel into it. Notice if it tastes really good or really not. Oftentimes we eat by association and we're not feeling about our body at all. And again, you don't have to do this with every bite that you take, friends, because you are a human being. And I know I certainly don't. I find myself mindlessly eating all the time. But if you can even do it a little bit of the time, you're going to get some really good information. Again, like I said, sometimes I'm eating that piece of chocolate. I love dark chocolate. And halfway through the chocolate, I'm like, I don't like this anymore. And don't tell, but if no one's around, I spit it out. All right. You can do that if you feel desired as well, but it's because I'm deeply tasting. It tasted good for a moment. There are other days when I eat half a chocolate bar because that is what my body 
craves and needs. And, you know, I'm reminded that even the word craving is one that's been co-opted by diet culture, right? Craving are your longings. They're your desires. And our longings and desires, they can come from a lot of different places. They can come from our pains, from our unresolved wounds. They can come from oftentimes our body being legitimately hungry. A lot of times we crave things because we're not feeding ourselves enough. And when the body gets really hungry, it tends to crave high-calorie foods and sugars because it is hungry. Oftentimes when you're starving, you do not crave a piece of lettuce. Sometimes I do. But usually if you let yourself get too hungry, you're going to go for the biggest energy bang for your buck, right? So keep that in mind. But anyway, cravings are longings. And so please treat your cravings lovingly. We have vilified this idea of cravings, like my body's addicted and, you know, it doesn't know what it wants and I have to master it. Like even if your body is addicted, even if you are addicted to heroin, friends, those cravings are real. Those cravings are coming from your body because something is is missing, right? And I don't always think that's the case with foods. But again, honor what you're experiencing. Love it. Talk to it. Feel into it. And sometimes you may find that those cravings come from lots of different levels. And sometimes by feeling into the craving, you may find that you don't have it anymore at all. But it's about developing a loving relationship with ourselves, with our bodies, with our longings, with our feelings, with our emotions, and then moving forward from there. So I kind of feel, and this is a long episode for me, but I kind of feel like I haven't really answered the question, are there some foods that are better than others that are high vibey, yada, yada, yada. And I would say to that question, I'm going to get it from the guides as well. The answer is yes and no. The guide says, sure, if you want, we can characterize or categorize any food based on any kind of parameter that you give us. And some foods are more naturally bioavailable. That's what the guides are saying, I swear to God. (laughs) And they're more soothing and healing to your physical form. But as you venture upon this journey of self-love, loving yourself, loving your body, loving your container loving your food choices and ask to make food choices purely from a place of love, you will be guided naturally and normally to the foods that are going to most resonate with you. And you'll find that other things fall away or become just occasional fun things that you do because we have all these associations and all of these other experiences with food. Food is not just for nutrition, right? Food is a major part of our culture. And so we want to honor that and we want to honor ourselves. And we want to know that whatever we do, whether it's deciding that you don't ever want to lose a pound to deciding that you want to go and try to lose a hundred, that we feel in and try to our very best of our ability and a highest awareness to do that from a place of self-love. Because like I said at the beginning, and like the guides are reminding me to say again, you could live on a quarter pounder and fries if you did so from a perfect place of self-love. All right. So I think that's all that wants to come through today. I am actually kind of interested to listen to this one again. I have a feeling that this is the kind of conversation that's going to raise a lot of questions and and maybe some reactions. So that's totally cool. Feel free to reach out to me uh, with your emails, with your questions, with your follow-ups. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you want to even get a more direct response, join the Facebook group, Intuitive Connection Community. And I will be sure to lead some lively conversation around this topic in the group. So I hope to see you there and I hope that this information really opened your eyes and gave you a little bit of a different perspective 
on the issues that we addressed today. And thank you all for tuning in and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.